to the Impenetrable Fortress podcast. I'm Alan Jackaway, and sitting in the mobile studio, across from me, Mr. James Bennell, and next to me, our producer, Sarah Gonzalez. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Your first appearance this year. Yes, it is. Well, we have a very special show planned. We're doing the, the Dolphins and the Jets. We finally got the official answer to a long-standing question that this podcast has asked, which is, could we, if we had actually planned this thing, have done one division game per week that was actually happening? The answer is no, because, James? There's no division games this week. Not a one. They aren't so, happening. What's up with that, NFL? you got to help us out a little bit more here in the future. Wait. Um, oh, okay, okay, so you're doing the Dolphins and Jets even though they're not playing each other this Yeah, week. because you've got to do, do something. Gotcha. So we figured gotcha. since, since the two of us, Sarah and I, are going to this Dolphins-Ravens game, we should do the Dolphins. She was available to... Uh, Record and is a, a lifelong Dolphins fan, or at least in terms of his, you know, football life, football reading lifelong. Um, so let's do it. I'll do it. Since Sarah is the guest, we will have her begin with a Miami Dolphins centric limerick. Let's hear it. All right, here we go. QBs should fear wake and sue, and receivers get tackled on cue. But if your team can run, then the Dolphins are done. But Byron Maxwell sure came through. All right. Pretty good. Good. It's very strong as the first. Outstanding guest limerick. I Almost certainly the best first limerick yeah. ever, ever done on this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, talk I, to us I about explain these, it. Yeah, talk to us about these players. Okay, so... Um, so the Dolphins' defense is not terrible. Um, they are ra- ranked 16th in terms of points scored, which, you know, right in the middle of the pack there. Uh, they're ninth in passing yards allowed, but they are 30th in rushing yards allowed. So the rushing defense, not so good. Um, but they've got Cameron Wake and Ndamukong Sue, who are both getting pretty good sack numbers. They're ranked 13th in the NFL in sacks. Um, And Byron Maxwell has been doing pretty great. Uh, An acquisition, uh, trade acquisition that they got from the Eagles. Um, And this may be a rare example of a win-win trade in the NFL. So rarely do you see trades that clearly benefit both teams. But the Eagles really needed to get rid of Byron Maxwell because of financial reasons. And, um, And he's... Been doing really well. He's the sixth-ranked cornerback. Um, he's gotten three forced fumbles and an interception. So uh, that's about that's about how the Dolphins are doing. What Maxwell's doing as a cornerback is really impressive because it's mostly tackles, which means it's pretty reliable and you don't have to be subject to waiting on those turnovers week after week. I mean, his last four weeks are four tackles or more. That's pretty great, so... Yeah, I like that. You know, uh, he's probably somewhere in the late top ten in terms of cornerback tackles, um, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's puzzling to me that this team is not good at run defense because Sue and Alonzo alone should make it so that they're good at run defense. But (laughs) Kiko Alonzo might be the most athletic, non-Luke Keekly named linebacker in all of football right now. Yeah, and. 
It's just and yet and yet here we are. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You look at their numbers, and you if you looked at just their yards allowed, you would think this was a very bad defense because they allow a lot of yards. But clearly, you know, they're they're getting turnovers, um, and they're you know putting in good tackles at important moments. They must be because they've you know got their fifth in total tackles. But they're letting them run for a bit before they tackle them, I guess. I guess so. It's that, it's that classic, I say it every week, bend, don't break, defense. <laughs> I think so. Minus the part on the running side where they... Break a little. They break a little. Yeah, well, a little. but then again, they did beat the, uh, the LA Rams, who can only run. So, obviously, they're not totally breaking. That's true. Although, um... Jay Ajayi is averaging more yards per carry after contact than Todd Gurley is averaging yards per carry, period. So, the LA Rams might not actually be able to run. Yeah. Well, if you can't throw, people know where to uh, target their defense. Maybe they just can't do anything. And Goff is not great. Yeah. No. Well, we'll see. He's got time. All right, James, hit us with these New York Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. That's not a limerick. Oh, sorry. Let me try that one more time. For a Jets fan, it's hard to stay true when your team can't decide what to do. So with just two exemptions, D-Lineman Hogg mentions because everything else seems askew. Their defense should be good, for the most part. Their pass defense is kind of a mess. I mean, like, Jarrell Revis (laughs) is... Very rapidly turning into a husk of his former self. Like, what a precipitous drop off yeah. he's had in his ability. And from a fantasy standpoint, this doesn't really matter because he used to be too good to be useful in fantasy, and now he's too bad to be useful in fantasy. Yeah, like, he never hit the sweet spot. He never did. He just skipped straight over it. Right? But, so here's the astounding thing I believe firmly that there are three defensive ends, or three defensive linemen. Four defensive linemen that you can start on this Jets team. I think that Leonard Williams, Sheldon Richardson, Muhammad Wilkerson, and Steve McClendon are all startable players. That's a lot. All play on the Jets, and there three of them are listed at defensive ends, which is insane. But Leonard Williams is the sixth highest scoring defensive end. Uh, he's pretty serious. He's pretty consistent on the tackles. His Last week against New England was not spectacular. But before that, he's got six games where he, he's got, like, he hasn't scored less than five points uh, except for his last two games. Okay. Which is maybe a troubling trend, but I claim it's noise. <laughs> the original, and that the first 12 weeks of the season or whatever are the actual signal. So go ahead and try to disprove me, math. It'd be pretty easy to but uh, Sheldon Richardson, who, when he was playable as a defensive tackle, was the best defensive tackle in all of uh, football, is now, sadly, only playable at defensive end, but still surprisingly good. Like, he didn't play in week one, but since then, he's had four points every week except for the game against Cleveland. And from a defensive end, that's not actually all that bad, especially when you consider there's, like... A nine and a thirteen, two nines and a thirteen and a half thrown in there. So, a guy who will score non-zero numbers of points from your defensive end position and has the potential to do like thirteen points of damage is yeah. pretty valuable for you there. Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, another old favorite of the show. 
He has been pretty consistent. No, no spectacular high ceiling. He's probably my least favorite of the defensive ends just because the the ceiling seems pretty low on him and the floor is the floor for all defensive ends, which is not a lot of points. Yep. So, you know, not great. Um, in the secondary side of the, of, the, of the Jets' defense, their safeties score a lot of points, and I'm pretty sure it's because their cornerbacks are really bad, and the safeties have to make all of the tackles. Yeah, their linebackers are also their bad. Their linebackers so. are also <laughs> really those bad. Two, it could be those so two think, things. I think it's only the safeties that are there to make tackles. So Calvin Pryor, Marcus Gilchrist, take your pick. Pryor is currently hurt and may not play this week, so keep that in mind. But when he's healthy, he's really good. And the same is true of Gilchrist. When he is healthy... He is really good. Okay. And that's about it. That's it for the Jets. Yeah, zero linebackers. No linebackers, no cornerbacks. Yeah. get all your defensive ends from the Jets and maybe some safeties if you want. Not the best, but playable. Yeah. Makes sense to me. That's, uh, it's sad to see a, possibly a team we probably thought was going to be they resting on its be defense. They so good. Being, uh, yeah. yeah. They're... Um, if their linebacking core could get it together, and also if Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't a thing, this team could be, yeah, could be really good. Yep. Well, what can you do? I don't mind. <laughs> that brings us to the pickups. In most of your leagues, you are you've got maybe one more week, maybe two more weeks until the fantasy playoffs start. Maybe your league lets a lot of teams in the playoffs, and you're in the playoffs already. You might need some spot starters to fill in for various issues. And we've got a couple. I, at least I've got a couple anyway. We'll start us off then, Alan. I will start us off. And I would like to start us off with Michael Johnson of the Cincinnati Bengals. Michael Johnson is a defensive end, so if you, like me, have been struggling in that position all year and the Jets players are all taken, um, then this may be a good place to look. He is a player that has been talented in the past, that we've been fairly high on in the past, and had kind of a rough start to the year. He had only seven and a half points in his first four weeks, but since thereby, he had four and a half, eight and a half, nine points with, uh, with a healthy number of tackles in each of those games. Five, five, you know, four and a half or more tackles in each of those games. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, so I kind of like that as a, a trend to maybe continue. Maybe he's sort of found his stride a little bit. And I'm interested. If I'm looking for defensive end, this is the one that I think is most likely to be available that I'm interested in uh, this week. Okay. I, we must have talked about him, although I, I honestly can't remember specifically talking about him. But Justin Houston. You, he might be unowned in your league because he only just came back into the lineup. But, oh my god, did he come back into the lineup. He had, I'm like, I think he had 12 sacks last night, and the actual number was probably closer to like five, but um, mm-hmm. not last night, this week. But my God, did he show up in spectacular fashion against Denver? Uh, I ju- just to see him, it's like the it uh bleh, words fail me. He's so good at destroying <laughs> really good. offensive linemen and quarterbacks. He had. Ten tackles and three sacks, according to ESPN, uh, against Denver this week. Um, as well as a forced fumble. So, I, I mean, if he's unowned in your league because it took him so long to get into the lineup this season, to get into shape, grab him immediately, right now. You won't regret it. He will score a billion points against yep. by sacking everything. 
That makes sense to me. Although it, we all, I always warn people about these sack heavy players that they're yes. they're volatile. But when they are on, they are on. Yeah, that's a fair warning. I, I feel like he, there are, he may have games where he scores three points because he's not. Uh, but he's so he's such like an athletic part of that defense that he is a really good pass rusher. But he's in he can do he can play the run defense too, right? Because yeah. he's just he just overpowers everybody. He is a truly phenomenal talent. I have one. Okay. Um, so, this guy is a jerk. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Make I want to make it clear that this guy is a total jerk. <laughs> but, Marcel Darius, ah. defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills, don't be a fool like me and have him on your bench and forget that he's healthy again and not play him when he scores 14 and a half points last week. Um, but if you play a defensive tackle in your league... He has had a sack in every game he has started this year. That's pretty good. He has only played three. So, you know, he's been, he was suspended, and then he's been injured, and he's not quite 100% healthy, but last week he got two sacks and eight tackles. That's amazing. For a defensive tackle, that is pretty good. It's about, about as good as it gets. That one makes sense, and he may be unowned because he just came back from injury? Suspension? Yeah. injury. Something. This time injury. This All right. time injury. Um, I've got your cornerback roulette pick of the week. Yes. I think it's Daryl Worley of the Carolina Panthers. Since his bye, he has had five and a half points or more in the last five games since that bye, including two double-digit efforts, mostly fueled by tackles. So I think, you know, that may even be better than a cornerback roulette. I mean, the the tackle numbers have been pretty reliable, at least since the bye. And even before the bye, it wasn't... um, I mean, there were some bad weeks before the bye. But it wasn't wasn't terrible. So I think Daryl Worley of the Panthers is my cornerback pick of the week. Thank you for listening to the Impenetrable Fortress podcast. Our theme in interstitial music is Dear Liza by Ned and the Dirt. Ned is now safely back on the other side of the country, although he's actually coming back to this side of the country for a work-related thing, like, maybe already. Yeah, he's already back. (laughs) So you might see him. He may still, if you're wandering around in D.C. and you see someone that looks like Ned in the dirt, it's probably Ned. Well, it's actually just Ned. You won't see the dirt. No dirt. Yeah. Just Ned. If he looks like Ned in the dirt, then... That's that's confusing, because it, I mean, you know, means he he made a new band out here, maybe. Um, Because I did not do a haiku... For the previews, I did a haiku for the hit of the week this week. And Are that, you sure you didn't do a, a limerick? I am so not sure. <laughs> every, every, I'm, you know, by the end of the year, I'm going to get yeah. that. And then next year when we're doing whatever it is whatever we're doing is next I'm year. I'm running out of things, poems I know the form of. <laughs> yeah. Um, sonnets, sonnets or whatever every week. That's that would be water, horrible. But... Um, I'll be calling them limericks next year when we're doing, <laughs> when we're doing sonnets. Uh, but no, I have a limerick for Hit of the Week, and that limerick is as follows. The hit isn't often a fight, but it was on last Saturday night. Justin Houston versus M- Miller, an immediate thriller, but the score was unbreakably tight. Three sacks each for Justin Houston and Von Miller in that Sunday night game, and 11 sacks overall during the course clinic. of that game. Yeah. It was, I mean, it, 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 there were times in the game when it felt like every pass was going to be a sack. Like, there were times, and there were drives yeah. where, you know, they would drop back a time and get sacked and then try to run to make some yards up to make an easier third down and then drop back and get sacked. 
Like it was, uh, it was pretty crazy at least until, you know, and then the ending was totally, you know, that's your overtime hit of the week as well. But, um, it's really great to see Justin Houston healthy again, doing his Justin Houston things and Von Miller. It's funny because of course last week we said, oh, you can't trust Von Miller. He's too volatile. You really need two sacks out of him to be worth starting. Well, he's really worth starting if you get three sacks out of him. So, yeah. um, bad advice from us at last point, but you get a hit of the week out of it, and uh, and we recommended Houston as a pickup this week, so that's that's some options. There you go. I, uh, the, the Limerick is definitely steals for the, the hit of the week this week, but I just wanted to point out that Khalil Mack, in, in his game on Sunday, recorded a tackle, a sack, a touchdown, yep. a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and an interception. Yeah, which is a, you know, that's a pretty, it's like hitting for the cycle, but we yes, don't have a better. term for that in, yeah. uh, in football. And so. somehow, like, harder to, and somehow, like, harder to do as well, because uh, yeah. just, ah, oh, wow. You want to, we've just named three pass rushing linebackers in the, AFC, AFC West. West. Yep. And They've they the might ones. be the three best. Yeah. You know? and oh, and there's Joey Bosa. I was going to so, say, yeah. Joey Bosa's you know coming on there, too. The, the AFC West might have the four best pass-rushing linebackers in all of football right now. I I, uh, I tend to agree. Yeah. It sucks to be an offensive lineman in the AFC yeah, West. It's a tough, a tough gig. Yeah. All right, that will do us. We will be back next week with hopefully a divisional game, although, of course, we have not checked. Yep. From Alan and James and Sarah, stay Stay low. low.